Welcome along to the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team. I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Dom Trimboli. After back-to-back defeats against West Brom and Cardiff, QPR got back to winning ways in style on Saturday with a 4-2 triumph over Blackburn Rovers. We'll be dissecting that and getting the thoughts of a man who's integral to that success, Bright Assay Samuel. Plus, we'll be looking ahead to our trip to Hull City, which takes place, of course, after the international break. It's all right here on the Loftcast. Well, since Dom, thanks for joining us. Um, and it's a, a nice feeling here at the Harlington Training Ground after a very impressive victory over Blackburn and made all the more important, of course, after two tough opponents, two tough results. We had the, the four wins on the spin and, and then the, the two defeats. We'll talk about uh, the victory over Blackburn shortly. But firstly, just briefly looking on the, on the two games since our, our last Loftcast, we had West Brom and Cardiff prior to Blackburn. Firstly, West Brom since... Is, that, is it fair to say that's the, the best team we've played this season? They, they did look very, very strong. Yeah, for me, uh, no surprise that they're sitting on top of the league. I thought on the day... Uh, they were better than us, um, even though the first half was quite... Both teams cancelled each other out, really. But the second half, I thought they they grew into the game. Certainly stopped us playing. You know, we, we came into that game on the, on the back of a really, really good run. And everything that we had been doing well, they almost nullified. And when you've got the likes of Creera, Dean Garner, Phillips, Austin, Robson, Carnu, uh, in this side going the other way, they're always going to be a threat. So, uh, so, yeah, for me, on the day, better team won. They played well. Was it a mixture of them being strong and, and us perhaps being below par? I mean, it's the first time this season that we were unable to get a shot on target. <clears throat> I mean, I think one of the real successes of this season has been the, the number of chances that we, we have been creating under Mark Warburton. We, we didn't have any shots on target against West Brom. And prior to that game, the Baggies hadn't kept a clean sheet. So it's not like they have a very, very strong defence prior to that game. Um, against us so was it a mixture of them being good and us perhaps not showing what we are capable of yeah I think probably that's for me taking into account the the standard of the opposition was probably probably our most disappointing performance of the season but I would I would flip that I would give West Brom a lot of credit I think um, they knew we were a team in form they knew our strengths they came did a job on us, you know, stopped us playing, stopped the likes of Abere and Ilias getting into little pockets. The two centre-backs on the day were were really assured. Uh, Livermore, Sawyers, middle of the park, you know, bags of experience. I thought they nullified us. And I've already said on, on the going the other way, I thought they had the outstanding player on the day in Pereira. Um, and they're always a threat. So, uh, so yeah, we, we weren't at our best. No shame in that, no criticism in that. We came up against a strong outfit on the day and that's why they're sitting top of the league. Don Mark Warburton said afterwards that he felt that we as a team showed too much respect to West Brom. Was that the, the general view amongst the players that you spoke to afterwards as well? Yeah, perhaps. I think we look our best this season when we're on the front foot, when we're going at teams. Um, and it seemed like definitely in that, that sort of first half an hour that, not that we were overawed by it, but um, perhaps we sort of played <coughs> within ourselves and gave West Brom like Mark Warburton said, a bit too much respect, a bit too much time on the ball when, as I said, we looked, looked our best this season when we're the one sort of dictating play and going at teams. So perhaps well, that was the, the occasion of uh, the Sky game or the chance and there was to... And there was a lot of talk of whoever wins this goes top. top. The table. So whether that was drummed up too much or mm. whether our, 
whether the, the game plan was to sort of contain them and then perhaps go at them in the second half. Um, I guess we won't know for sure, but um, yeah, I think, like I said, we always look best when we go at teams and um, perhaps we did show them too much respect and um, gave them too much time on the ball. When you look at that and you, you, people say about showing too much respect, like Mark Warburton said afterwards, and I know Ryan Manning said it as well, what, what exactly does that mean from a, a player's point of view or from a manager's point of view? I think it probably means that you're, you're, you're looking at the opposition and concentrating too much on them. Um, you know, too much respect. I, I know what Mark said. I know some of the players that we just, you know, sometimes it happens and you have to accept that. You know, you, you have a game plan. It doesn't quite come off. Um, you don't quite get close enough. You're not as creative as, uh, as you would like to be or have been in recent weeks. And sometimes you come up against a really, really good side. So um, that'll be my take on it. Yeah, didn't 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 really get on the front foot from the off as we have done, but came up against a good side that stopped us playing. Game management was excellent, and they've got quality throughout the side. If you look at the money they've spent, uh, I know it's not all about money, but uh, we've been doing really, really well. But on the day, I just thought we come up against a better team. Moving to Cardiff City, so with the two 0 defeat against West Brom, and went into the, the Cardiff game, and it was a a 3-0 defeat at the Cardiff City Stadium. I don't know where to go with this game. It was a, a very bizarre game, wasn't it? It's a strange game. You know, I've, I've just talked about West Brom and when I got in the car on that Saturday late afternoon after the West Brom game, um, I've said it and I'll say it again, I thought we got beat by the better side. It, it was easier to accept that yeah. defeat, wasn't it? I'd Even got, though that's at home. I got in the car for the long journey back from South Wales and I was 3-0. Was that really 3-0? <laughs> you know, because... For large portions of the game in terms of um, possession, I think that's stat. And you know, the best stat is the scoreline. I think I said that on commentary, but uh, there was a lot of good things in that performance. You know, um, Alex Smith, he's been forced into an excellent save in the first two minutes by Bright. Then we get done with a, a set play. Now, you know, if you go to Cardiff and you know you're going to play against Neil's teams, it's not disrespect, it's the way they play. Uh, you know, you're going to have to defend set plays really, really well. Well, we, we got done on the first one. You know, didn't win the first header, certainly didn't win the second header, so you're 1-0 down. Um, you know, the game ebbs and flows a little bit, but we're in control. Berry as he hits a great strike. You now Smithies is beaten, comes off the inside of the post. Uh, you go in close to half-time and you think, you know what, we go in at 1-0 down, Mark will probably just say, keep going, we're, we're well in this game. If we keep playing, we're likely to get something from it. You can't see 30 seconds from the, from the half-time interval. From a, a short corner where we we get caught cold a little bit, and that made it an uphill task. But you know, again, three nil. It was a three nil because that's what the scoreline says. But many aspects of the performance were good, and I thought Mark. I read his um, his thoughts after the game. I thought he got it spot on because he didn't go overboard. He never goes overboard when you win. He never goes overboard when you get beat. But actually, he said if we play like that we'll probably get more results or we'll probably have more better days and I think that was actually spot on because there was elements of that performance that were good. Scoreline wasn't, result wasn't, but performance was good. And I think when Callum Patterson volleys the ball into the ground and it zips up and flies into the top corner, you know it's not going to be your day. Afterwards as well, Mark Warburton said that it was a very important post-match message he gave to his players because you're naturally disappointed with a 3-0 defeat, but he doesn't want to be getting stuck into his players because, like you said, there were a lot of elements of the performance that were very good and he almost didn't want to discourage them from doing what they did. And I think probably the line that summed it up best 
post-match was when he said, if we play like that for the rest of the season, we're going to have, um, we're going to win more games than we lose. And I think that is a very fair assessment, isn't it? Yeah, as I say, I um, totally agree. You know, what he, what he said afterwards was spot on. Bear in mind, you've got a game in 72 hours time. Mm. You know, you've come away, you've got a long journey home, you're going to get back in the early hours of the, the morning. No doubt Mark, knowing Mark, the professional out of years, probably would have got back to London, whether he did it on the coach or when he got back, or certainly, certainly early hours would have watched the game back. And it, yeah, he would have been disappointed, but he would, have, he would have been saying, you know, there's a lot in there that we can build on. And if we carry that into the Blackburn game with a little bit more luck, a little bit better finishing, a little bit better defending, I'm sure we'll win the game. So, uh, so credit to him on that. Absolutely. And then we headed into the Black, uh, Blackburn game, Dom. And it was, it was quite a, an important game in some ways, but while not putting too much on it, having had the four wins on, on the spin, then the two defeats on the spin. And we, we know, obviously, uh, the last couple of years, we've gone through periods where we've lost five or six games in a row. So to lose two games in a row is very important to, to buck that trend. Um, so it, it was quite a, an important game against Blackburn, wasn't it? Yeah, like you said, on, on paper, it probably doesn't look like the, the most important of games, but then you consider the weeks before that and suddenly you could potentially look at the uh, look down the barrel of a, a three game losing streak so and two weeks to think about exactly it. <laughs> before the international breaks ever good so I think um, like you said there's those times we're in a season where you find yourself in a rut you might be playing well but results are going against you um, you're not getting the results you need um, and and as we discovered last season it's very hard to, to get out of that once you get into that so um, I guess there was a bit of pressure heading into that match um, but uh, as we all know now, the players, I think, responded really well. Yeah, they handled it very well. Do you think, as, as players, they, they would have felt that element of pressure? A, a little bit, uh, yeah, I think you're pressure... Is something that a player is mindful of? We've lost two here, right? Yeah. We can't have yeah, this you, 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 and, you, and you're coming back to play at home in front of your own fans. You've just lost the last game. Uh, in front of your own fans, that's, that's where you want to do really, really well. So, uh, yeah, there's pressure, but what I like from and what I'm seeing is the pressure, the word pressure, comes from within the group now. They, they want to improve, they want to get better. Even when we're winning games, Mark's drumming it into them, there's more to come. We can improve on this and we can improve on that. So that's where the pressure comes. And uh, So yeah, they bounce back brilliantly on Saturday. And they seem to have real belief in the process in terms of the style of football. I mean, there are many elements of the Cardiff game that were there in the Blackburn game. The Cardiff game, we lost 3 now on the Black game we won 4-2 but there's such a belief in in the approach what's the way Mark's come in and wants to play you know it's a it's a set way of playing he's got his principles he's got his standards that's what he wants and he's he's come in from day one and embedded that and he's done it really really quickly with uh, I think we touched on it the last time we did a, a loft cast you know the comings and goings for him to to get us where we are so early it's credit to the players credit to him and his staff so uh so yeah, I enjoy the style of play. You know, it's it's quite open. Hence the goals for and against. Uh, you know, you're always going to see chances. I feel it's just a case of how good you are most weeks or every week in either box because between the boxes, a lot of possession. As we found out at Cardiff, games are won and lost in both penalty areas. And uh, if we can improve on them, we'll be a we'll be a really good side. And is. A lot of things that you can miss when watching a game live. So when Naki Wells volleyed home to put us 1-0 up, I don't think a lot of people in the stadium realised, and 
probably a lot of fans didn't realise until you put your little video together, Dom, that that was actually the, the end of a 17-pass move for Naki Wells opener. It was a great move. Yeah, it started right at the back with Liam Kelly. Um, I think he was the first one to sort of play it out to, I think it was uh, Eze, and it sort of went from side to side, back to front, um, and sort of yeah, worked its way around the pitch. I think it involved, I think, seven or eight different players as well. So um, yeah, it was a great move, and like Andy said about um, players putting pressure on themselves halfway through that sequence. There was a time when the ball came out to the left and you can see Ryan Manning sort of throw his hands up in the air when the, the ball <laughs> starts to go backwards because he, he wants, obviously wants the, the team to keep moving forward and, and, and pressing forward. So yeah, it, was, it was a great, um, great move and I think it came at the perfect time as well because there wasn't many chances in that opening sort of uh, period. So I guess the game was sort of at risk of becoming um, a bit flat and a bit stale. So to get it, I think it was on the 30 minute mark perhaps. So not right before half time, but enough to sort of settle those, those nerves and perhaps that pressure we spoke about before and um, obviously laid a, laid a good platform for uh, what was an entertaining second half. It certainly was. And in the second half, right at the start of the second half, Ibiraezi scoring to make it 2-0 on that momentarily at least it relaxed everyone in the stadium we feel you've got two goal cushion you're playing well you're the dominant team Blackburn to be fair to them if you look at the possession stats they they actually did have more of the possession but you'd have to say that a lot of it was across their back four I think the the pass the number of passes between their two centre-backs <laughs> has got to be high because they were constantly going across their back four Well I wrote down and my sort of notes if you like just before half time you know they, they they haven't troubled us at all plenty of possession along the back four um, but we got the early goal through Naki really well worked goal as you guys have touched on good finish because he had a, a tendency when that ball drops us to to rush it you know he, he just yeah, he had, waited for almost just has that split second that. where the ball comes a little bit low and he gets a uh, if he takes it any earlier it goes mm, into the school I suppose that's confidence and experience if, confidence, if you snatch it, it uh, experienced striker, quality striker, you know, so uh, so yeah, but the second half I felt going on to Mark demanding more from his team, I, I, I thought Mark would have said to them, come on, let's get a little bit higher up the park, let's get a little bit closer to the Blackburn, and we did that, and we got our second goal, really, again, a really good goal, you know, where Ryan Manning puts Eze through, he, he gets a little bit of luck, you know, with the ricochet, falls for him, but once he gets in that position, 15 yards from goal, sees the goalkeeper, sees the white of his eyes, he's just so composed, he just side-foots past the goalkeeper. It's a really, really good finish. It was indeed. When Bradley Dak scores the penalty to make it 2-1, firstly, just on that one, um, since any disputes over the penalty decision? Not for me. I think uh, Bradley Dak's made a run across Johan, so he's always going to be second, second best to get there. And once you go to ground, any sort of contact, I think you make the referee's mind up. So, uh, so for me, penalty tucks it away confidently, and you're thinking, you know what, I've got a game on that. Mm. I actually said it on the at two nil. We score the next goal, the game's almost put to bed. They score it, you've got a game on. So that two one. But the beauty about what happened to us two or three minutes later, we go up and uh, make a three one. So that again, a little bit of a nerves going around the stadium, but that seemed to settle us again. And that, yeah, that third goal from Brighton, say Samuel, like you say, three minutes after Dak had scored to make it 2-1. So it gives us that two-goal buffer once again. And um, again, it was a, another well-worked move. Move. Yeah, it started sort of almost on the halfway line. Um, I think Josh Scullin 
um, I guess he started and finished the move as well um, by laying on the final pass for for, um, for Bright. But yeah, no, another well-worked goal. Um, I think you, you see now there's a lot of movement off the ball. So whoever has the ball going forward, there's so many different options that they can they can take. So um, that goal is a great example of it. And um, credit to, to Bright, it was a fantastic finish on the sort of snap turn as well. So um, like you said, it, it did sort of alleviate all that pressure that the the DAC penalty might have brought, um, and I think that was essentially the, the game clincher. And we'll speak to him in a moment, but you got the sense that was a big goal for him. Obviously, it's his first goal of the season, but it looked like that was a, a, a big weight lifted with his reaction. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, you probably ask him um, himself, and he'll probably say to you that, I guess, one of the, the goals or one of his aims this season is to contribute more going forward in terms of goals. He's always creating chances and always looking dangerous, mm. but you probably want to be hitting the, the target um, more and more this season. So, um, yeah, you can see from the, the celebrations how much it meant to him. Um, so hopefully he can uh, push forward. And uh, great to see Jordan Hugo come off the bench and score. I mean, he, because he's been scoring every week, when he doesn't score for a couple of games, you, you're almost surprised. But great to see him come on and score a, a great header as well. He's, he's lethal with those. I mean, it was another great cross from Ryan Manning. but. As soon as that's heading, going in the direction of Jordan Hugo, there's just that growing confidence now with the way he plays that he's going to make the most of those chances. Well, he's a quality centre forward. Uh, said that day we signed him. Yeah, um, he's got a little bit of everything. I think we saw on one instance, you know, a real turn of pace when he he sort of rolled a guy and mm. ended up just towing one past the uh, past the post. You know, he'll always be on the end of things. Um, the cross from Ryan again is brilliant. You know, he's put to the byline, just stands it up, and Jordan. Now I'm right behind it, you can see he just times his movement, guides it with a lot of power into the corner. So delighted, delighted to see him score. I love to see your strikers scoring goals because if your strikers are scoring goals, I think, um, what am I trying to say here? Sometimes I, I, I believe you're as good as what you've got at the top end of the pitch. And we've got two people who are scoring goals regular. Now what we got, we got Naki and we got Jordan, probably in the top 10 goal scorers in the division. Uh, so, you know, there's a potent strike force, two quality Premier League strikers, if you like. Berriers has got four now. I know you need goals from all over the park, but I think there's nothing better for a team when your strikers are banging in goals left, right and centre. They're certainly doing that. They've got 13 between them in 11 games. Seven for Naki, six for Hugel. So the goals are coming um, at that end of the pitch. So it must give the, the rest of the team, again, just confidence when you know you've got two strikers who are, who are banging goals and you, you just have that growing belief and it must spread throughout the team. Well, we, we, we spoke to Tony a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Tony Leisner, I think that was one of the questions we asked him as a defender. How good is it for a defensive unit to know, like, even if you concede, we win a goal down at Sheffield Wednesday, but it didn't seem to because we know, or they know now, there's, there's creativity in the, in the side and there's goal scorers in the side. So. Uh, so yeah, as I say, I love to see a striker scoring goals. I thought Naki's all-round performance as well as his goal was, was excellent. You know, his link-up play, you know what you're going to get with his work rate. was exceptional. You know, his hold-up play, bringing people into play. And as I say, if he's getting, if he's getting goals now, 7-11, and 11, really, really good. Who else stood out for you? There's quite a few, actually. You look at the performance. I've, I've touched on uh, Naki there, you know. I thought Ilyas Chir and Bere had... Moments of the game or long moments of the game where they were very good. Um, Ryan Manning, you know, I would probably credit them with three assists or three parts mm. at the four goals. You know, the first one, the second goal he threads through for Ribéry. Third goal is definitely a, a great crosser. He and I think he's having a really, really good season. 
uh, Josh Scoen, middle of the park. And covered so much ground. I don't know what the stats are, but I would hazard a guess and say he's he was probably right up there. You know, a lot of people might not see uh, what he did, but the amount of times balls got into wide areas for them, and then he was the one doubling up with a fullback. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe not winning the ball, but so so important. So so I think he can be really pleased with his uh, with his performance. Back four was 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 solid defensively. I know we conceded two goals again, but. Uh, so yeah, lots of lots of good performances throughout. Absolutely, and uh, just finally on the Blackburn game, Dom, uh, clean sheets. Is that an issue? Mark Warburton gets asked almost after every game about the clean sheet issue, and he he was asked about it on Saturday, and he said, "I'll tell you what, if we win four two every game between now and the end of the season, I'll buy you all a, a bottle of champagne." So clearly, his view, and you can certainly understand it, is if we're scoring more, then he's he's not concerned about letting one in, and I suppose the nature of how we play that exciting expansive attacking football there are going to be elements where you are naturally going to be more exposed particularly when you've got your two fullbacks who are encouraged to, to bomb on like Manning is and like Angel Rangel or Todd Kane whoever's playing in that position are. yeah exactly I think uh, I guess it is an issue to an degree but like you said when we're playing that sort of system we you have to expect that we're going to be I guess a bit vulnerable at the back sometimes um, Though if you look at the goals, most of the goals that we've conceded this season, they've been more through lapses of concentration or areas of judgment rather than teams tearing us and ripping us apart. So I think once we limit those and once we take those stupid mistakes out of the game, I think um, we'll be a lot, a lot tighter and whether that brings back more clean sheets or not, um, we'll have to see. But I think, like you said, as long as we're scoring goals, um, that's not too much of an issue, but I'd imagine, um, yeah, the defensive side of the team would just want that first clean sheet as a bit of a, a monkey off the back, mm. um, just to sort of have that in the column. And then I think once we get that first one, um, yeah, I think the dominoes will form. We'll, we'll go go on to get more and more this season. Let's hope so. Okay, well, um, like we've said, Brighton say Samuel was pivotal to that success, scoring his first goal of the season. Let's catch up with him now. Right, thanks very much for joining us on the Loftcast. Well, firstly, how much do you enjoy that win as a group against Blackburn? Um, I think it was a very good win. Um, from losing two games in a row, where I thought we should have deserved more, to playing against Blackburn, which I didn't think was probably our best performance. But we got the results, so it was a good feeling. And obviously now we've got confidence now and can't wait for the next game. So, yeah. Was that something that played on the mind of the, the players going into that, that we'd had back-to-back defeats <coughs> after such a good run, winning four on the spin, and then back-to-back defeats? You're thinking, international breaks coming up, we don't want two weeks to think about three, three defeats on the spin. Well, I mean, the gaffer said, like, if we played the way we played against Cardiff, then the results would come. We just had to make sure we kept doing the right things, you know, the way we play, like, players like me, I get chances, and like I said, we just had to keep keep doing what we've done against Cardiff and I didn't think there was going to be any problems so yeah. He always seems a, a very calm manager I'm sure like all managers he has he has his moments when, course, he needs yeah. to, <laughs> when he needs to say something but after that Cardiff game he, he said afterwards it was the message he gave to the players after that defeat at Cardiff was very important because on the one hand we lost 3-0 and naturally that's disappointing but on the other hand there were so many positive elements from the performance. What did he say to the players in the dressing room after that game? 
<clears throat> so after the game, we we thought like he was gonna come in and obviously be <laughs> mad at the fact that we lost three 0 but he just said that of course we've lost three 0 which is it's not a good thing, but we played fantastic. We played very well, and he just said that if we keep doing what we're doing, then results will come. So I mean that for him to say that that gave us confidence alone to come against Black Blackburn and do what we've done against Cardiff. So yeah. You look at the game against Cardiff, and from your from your point of view, how much did you enjoy your goal? I mean, I've been waiting for a long time for it, so <laughs> it, meant, it meant so much to me. I mean, for for me, my goals are to you know score goals and create goals, so I just need to keep doing that. And for me to get my first goal now, hopefully, it's first of many. So yeah. Yeah, it was your first goal of the season. You got four last season, I suppose, is your initial target, obviously, to, to better last season's tally. Of course, of course. Uh, like I said, I just need to keep doing the right thing, keep working hard and training. Um, I've, I'm always setting myself targets, you know. Um, so, like I said, I'm trying to do, what, do better than what I've done last season and just keep going. And you, that was your last kick of the game. You, you came off straight <laughs> after that. And it, it almost gave the fans another opportunity to to acknowledge your your performance. You got a standing ovation. How much did that mean to you? That, that I mean, you've got a fantastic relationship with the QPR fans, but that that looked like a, a special moment. Yeah, it felt it felt nice. It felt nice to know like the fans are behind you, whether you're playing well or not. Because to be fair, I I probably thought that that's probably one of, not one of my best games. So for the fans to you know still that showing love was important to me and that just gives me more confidence to to keep doing the right things and keep working hard so yeah and a beer raised goal um, there was a, a great celebration afterwards uh, with yourself and Ebbs going mm -hmm. over and, and posing I don't think I've ever seen that before <laughs> in the middle of a match how did that come about was that pre-planned how did that suddenly happen because the photos <coughs> that come out of it were, were a different class I mean um, after training or when we're at home just have a little, back, a little banner where we say like if we score if if he scores or I score we just do something little so we planned it before and it just uh, happened so yeah excellent is that going to be a regular <laughs> feature now or is it is that going to be a trademark or will you be looking to do something different next time uh, we'll be looking to do something different every game but like I said um, that's a good thing as well because that makes us want to you know score goals and yeah. create goals so it's a good thing, but like I said, every game, if he, he scores or I score, we'll do something different. And the team camaraderie, obviously yourself and Ebbs know each other very well, but the team camaraderie beyond that, it, it does seem, and people often say it's about it being a tight-knit group, but it, it does seem, seem that case that in terms of people sitting in the canteen, it's always different groups sat chatting together. It, it does seem a, a very, very tight-knit group. Yeah, I think the chemistry between the team is very strong. <clears throat> Even the ones that are not playing, they're still there showing support. So, as a as a group, I mean, we're growing together. Like I said, there's still new players. We're still gelling together, um, and yeah, good things are coming, are happening so far. So we just have to keep doing the right things, working hard, and getting the results. And it's a squad with a lot of quality as well. Like the manager said he his aim was to have quality. Um, people, like two people per position, he certainly seems to have that. Um, you started the first four games and then you were on the bench for a couple and then you picked up a, a slight injury and, and then you've come back in and when you do come back in, is there that 
not fear, but you, you know you've got to deliver a performance because there are other people looking at every shirt almost. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> um, like when I'm playing, I know I have to put a shift in because I know there's someone who wants to take my shirt. And to have that feeling amongst the team, that makes each player want to, you know, work hard. Mm. And if everyone's working hard, then the team is doing well and we're getting the results. So having that mentality is a good thing amongst the team. So, yeah. Are you enjoying the style of play under Mark Warburton? Because the ball's always down, it's sipping around. It, it seems to be a style that, that suits players like you. Yeah, I'm definitely enjoying it. I feel like the way we play, we create a lot of chances and I get a lot of space where I can take on my man. And that's probably one of my main attributes. So um, under the gaffer, I feel like things right now are going well and just want to keep working hard and keep doing the right things. Has he helped you to develop as a player in the time he's been in? Of course, I feel like he's developed me as a player, but also as a as a man. Like, there's other things that off field issues that he's been helping me as well. So, um, there's nothing but praise to him. And like I said, I just need to keep working hard and keep doing the right things. And in terms of that private issues, I wouldn't ask you about or want you to go into. But in terms of being able to speak to the manager about non-football matters. How important is that for a relationship between a player and his manager? It's very important because, like I said, I'm, I'm probably one of the quiet players in the team, so I don't really like to talk. And for me to have that um, confidence to tell him stuff, um, not just football, but other things, just shows the connection that me and the gaffer have, so, yeah. That is fantastic. And from your point of view, since going back to your playing days, <clears throat> how critical is that, that relationship? Because I think, from the outside looking in, if I was to look at you sort of just see a player and a manager and you don't think beyond that. But how important is it that a player and manager have a, a relationship that is beyond football? That was vital. Um, was Jerry particularly good for that? Were there particular managers that were good for that? Yeah, Jerry, Jerry was really good with that. But, you know, I, I think I wouldn't like to put a percentage on it, but I think that's a huge, huge part of being a really good manager now. It's not just the coaching out on the grass. It's knowing your player, knowing the person knowing what's going on with them, both in the building, out on the grass and at home. You see some of the top managers, you know, the the top of the Premier League. It's no coincidence. You look at Klopp, mm. you know, his players, you can just tell, love to play for him. You look at Pep Guardiola, his players probably just love to play for him. So it's a vital part of being a really, really good manager. Yeah, you coach your team. Yeah, you work day out, day in, day out, out on the grass. But it's either getting to know you just being able to see, you know what, someone's not quite at it today, is there an issue? And just having that confidence and confidentiality really that you can go and speak to your manager regarding anything, uh, football related or family related, knowing that it's going to go no further, knowing that he's probably not going to judge you because of that. And once you get that, you get that trust, you get that belief in each other. And that's where you see players wanting to run through a brick wall for the manager. Excellent. And obviously, I've been played at the highest level for club and country. If you were to assess a, a fellow winger in Brighter, say Samuel, how would you assess uh, him at this stage of his career? He's doing really well. Um, a really exciting talent. I thought he did great at the back end of last season, and he seems to have taken that into this year. You know, his pace, his power, his ability to beat people. You know, as a, as a former winger myself, I love it. I know fans do, you know, it gets fans off the seat when you see someone like him pick the ball up and drive and, and be really, really positive. I think his game's improving all the time. I think uh, in and out of possession, I see little 
things when I'm when I'm up on the commentary. You know, he's not just being stuck on the wing now. He has that, and again, that comes from the trust of the manager. He probably says, you know, go on, go and play off the front man yeah. for a little bit. You know, go on, uh, switch sides, uh, go on, drift inside and allow your fullback to come. And that's what I think what Bright's talking about. Your trust your manager has in you as a person can develop out on the field. So, uh, so no, game understanding's getting better. Delighted that he got his goal the other day. Um, you know, thrill for him actually, because uh, as a winger myself, I know there's a hell of a lot you're judged on, but some things that people will aim at you in the position that you play is how many how many assists are you getting, mm. how many goals are you scoring. Now, uh, if he can add that more regular to his game, I've already heaped loads of praise on him. You know, I, I really like watching him play. Delightly got his goal. I feel there's more to come. He gets in some really really good positions. And just any advice, I would just say, you know, keep working as hard as you can on your final delivery. Yeah. You know, you type across, which you do, because I've seen you, I've seen you out there. You, know, you type across from the position that you're in, and uh, just that composure in front of goal. But uh, no, doing great. I feel there's more to come. Uh, thank you. Oh, great indeed. And uh, <coughs> Angel Rangel is a player that recently you've been playing in front of. You've been playing in front, of course, Todd Kane as well. Having that experience of someone like Rangel behind you, is that beneficial? Yeah, it's, it's very key. Um, I've learned a lot from him. Um, obviously, he's, he's vast experience. He's been in the game for a long time, and he's a player that's um, always talking to me, always telling me to do the right things. Like when I'm not training well, for instance, who come at me and tell me, "Brad, come on, you have to do better." And um, I, f I feel like I've improved so much with with Toddy as well and, and girl behind me. Um, you know, like in games as well. Like if I'm not, if I'm not in the right position, just hearing Angel <laughs> shouting my name, and like I said, that's 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 a good thing to have someone like that who's all constantly on onto you, regardless if you're doing well or or, or bad. So yeah. And, and that sort of talking too, does that help keep the focus for a winger in front of a fullback? I think Bright's in a really good place, not just with his own game, but you know he's got two. Uh, or three because he switches sides sometimes you know he's got uh, people behind him that I think he can tap into and learn from but certainly if you look at Angel Rangel 36 year old you know what he's done in the game his professionalism his game knowledge and understanding if Bright's playing in front of him he can only his game can only get better his game can only learn because what we don't or I say it but what a lot of people don't see and certainly don't hear is the information that will be going on for 90 minutes almost constant and probably more so out of position yeah. I would say you know yeah. when the ball's on the other side of the pitch I bet your bottom dollar Angel Rangel will be talking to, to yeah. right in front of you saying you know just tuck in <laughs> 10 yards get yourself back in here 10 yards one it helps Angel Rangel look a better player and I played full back in your demand from what, someone in terms of having that protection yeah 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 uh, but also it will help him in his game um, understand and game development Improvement as a player, and he should be tapping in as much as he can. He's very, he's he's very fortunate to have someone like him. But he's got some really good teammates. There's a great camaraderie. They they seem to enjoy working together, training together, being successful together. But I think also they'll they'll let each other know if they're not doing well, and whether that's in a game in front of twenty thousand people, fifteen thousand people, or out here on a Tuesday yeah. afternoon when there's no one. This is where you get your habits. So. Uh, no, just touching back on Angel Rangel at the moment, playing right back uh, behind him. It'll be brilliant for his game. And I know the type of lad he is. He will listen. He will take it on board. 
and um, it'll help him become an even better player. And externally, there seems to be, well, there is very little expectancy, certainly at the start of this season, regarding this QPR squad. I think probably from the outside, people looked in and said, well, they finished 19th last season, they've just sold Luke Freeman, who was the one creating all the chances for them, so they're going to struggle. Is that almost something that the current group is, is welcoming, that, that low expectancy outside of QPR? <clears throat> I mean, we, we as a team, we know how good we are, so... Like, I, don't, I think as a team, we don't really listen to what people are saying about us, if how good we are or how bad we are, because we know as a team how good we can be. Like, we've showed it in a lot of games. Mm. So I thought as a team, we're taking each game as it comes. And as we're winning games, the confidence is there. And then the belief is there that we can, this team can achieve a lot of things. So yeah, like, just take each game as it comes and see where we end up. And for you, personal targets for this season, have you set any? Do you set them? Um, I don't really set any because I don't like putting too much pressure on myself. So I know exactly what I need to do, score goals and assists. And I need to keep doing that. And like I said, the more I do that, the more confidence I get and the more I'm able to express myself. So yeah, I don't really set targets, but I just need to be, obviously be in a back stick. That, um, the first goal against um, Blackburn and there's just many areas I know I need to improve on that um, were probably my weakest points last season and like I said work, work hard in training and keep doing the right things. Great stuff, listen thanks very much for joining us on the Lovecast this week, uh, great talking to you and uh, best of luck after the international break for the next set of games. Thank you. Thank Good luck break. Right, I say, Sam, with a very honest and open interview, and um, he, he does seem very happy under Mark Walkerton. Interesting the point he made there that obviously he's, he's formed a real relationship with his manager, which, as you suggested in that uh, discussion with him, is absolutely key to, to getting the best out of players. That's massive. It's massive for a player to, to, to have that trust in your manager and, and vice versa, you know. So. Uh, Massive part of management, big part of being a successful manager, and uh, doesn't surprise me. The, the the little I've had to do with Mark, that you can see in the way the players are are playing and behaving in and around the uh, the pitch and the, the the training ground that there's that respect and um, for each other. And now next up after the international break, uh, looking ahead to Hull City. Uh, what can we expect from that game, Hull? Have had a, a mixed start to the season, I think it's, it's fair to describe it as. I think that's probably the danger, just looking at you, you know, the, that mix, I think that's probably what you might get with Hull on any given day. They can put in a really good performance because they've got some good players and are capable of beating anyone. Uh, and on any given day, they're a little bit inconsistent where they'll go in, you know, put in a poor performance and get beat. So, uh, as always, tough game wherever you go and uh, Hull away will be no different. The manager's phrase uh, throughout this season is um, in the championship, bottom can beat top and no one blinks an eye. And uh, that's exactly what happened really at the weekend with uh, Stoke City beating Swansea. It does highlight the, the nature of the championship. And if you can look at Hull's recent form one of two ways. They've only won two of their last nine, but prior to the, their weekend defeat at Huddersfield, they were unbeaten in five. So, Dom, coming to you, it, it just shows that it is very difficult to, to truly gauge how a game is going to go. It seems, particularly this season, 
there, there aren't that so far there's no team that looks like they're really going to run away with it Leeds started very well and Swansea but recently they've had little dips in form whereas West Brom are now seeming, seemingly coming good Nottingham Forest Preston are up there as well yeah I mean it might be a cliche but there really are no easy games in the championship um, yeah we've seen the results just throughout the season they're just so mixed um, no there's no real pace setter there's no real sort of chasing pack at all um, there and thereabouts so I think, yeah, in the same way that we gave West Brom too much respect, we can't be too complacent when we go to Hull. Um, I think last season we, we lost 3-2 at home um, when we played them, and then when we went up there, I think it was only a, a sort of fight back from us that um, nabbed a point in a two-all draw. So, yeah, I think we really have to sort of be on our game on the day because um, we don't know what kind of hole is going to turn up. Mm. And by the same token, we're not sure what kind of uh, QPR are going to turn up either. So um, it's a tricky one as well after the, the international break. Hopefully those R's who are away come back um, healthy. And I guess sometimes it's always a, a, not a negative, but when you're on a good, uh, had a, uh, when you've had a, a, a game like you had at Blackburn where mm. we're on form, we're doing well, um, and to suddenly you know, have a two-week break after that, it's not always the, the best way to sort of um, keep momentum going. Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to see how the players respond um, after a, a two-week layoff. Yeah, and I think what sums up the championship as well, just how tight it is, as you alluded to, Dom, is we're ninth in the table. If we'd have won one of those games against Cardiff or West Brom, we'd be joint top. Absolutely incredible how bunched up it is at the moment. And again, it's not after a handful of games. You know, we're, we're 11 games into the season now. Um, but in terms of Hull, their style of play, what can we expect from them? Well, I think they've got some good players. Uh, just doing a little bit of research, you know, but I know enough about them without the research. Jared Bowen, mm. I think I picked him out last year, you know, um, a real talent, 20-odd goals last year in the league. Courted by a lot of Premier League teams, hasn't quite happened, but I'm sure it, it will. Grzycki on the other side, you know, both those play wide but come in and play off position if you like and are hard to pick up and they get goals so um, what do I expect from Hull I just expect a really really tough game but I'd spin that around I would, I'd spin that back to us you know uh, I haven't seen anyone really cut through us and play we spoke about West Brom being a really good side did a job on us but for large portions of that game it was even Stephen I haven't seen anyone outplay us and that includes the likes of Swansea, uh, who you know went top when they beat us at 1-1 against Swansea. For me, there was going to be one team that was going to win it, it was going to be us. We gave a penalty away, changed the game. So, so going to Hull, it's quite unusual sometimes to, to, to focus on yourselves away from home, but I think it's about us. If we can go and dominate the ball, like Mark wants us to do, if we can be as creative as we have been, if we get our attack-minded players involved and on the ball enough that they can create, I think we can cause them problems. There's goals on our team, which we've alluded to already. So, uh, yeah, but you're going to have to earn the right, wherever you go. Um, yeah, you, you just mentioned what Mark said about top V, bottom, no one bats an eyelid. Mm. If you're not anywhere or somewhere near your best up at Hull City, you will get beat, and that's the same wherever you go in the championship. So uh, we're doing well. We've come off a little bit of a break, you know, time for a couple of injuries to, to get a bit of treatment a little bit of a breather, come back raring to go. I know they won't let up here. We've seen the way they've been training. Might have a couple of days off over the weekend, but we'll be fully prepared. Mark will demand that we're ready to go to Hull. And if we're not, you'll come unstuck. 
Excellent. Well, listen, since Dom, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the international break. We'll be back very soon on the Loftcast. Thank you.